Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Hello, Namar. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am very excited to dive into everything that you've got going on right now. Why don't you introduce yourself to anybody who doesn't know you and isn't already following along? Introduce yourself and what you're up to. Yes. So I'm a rugby player. I play rugby for the USA team right now. And I went to the Tokyo Olympics and had a little bit of fun there. I do a lot on TikTok. And I think my brand on TikTok is just kind of being myself. Uh, people all say, you know, being unapologetically myself and being authentic in whatever way. I love to make people feel good. I love to for women to feel powerful and empowered as well. And just, I think, a cool person in, in, in some ways. So I think that's why people like to talk to me or watch my videos. But I love chatting with people. So I love going on podcasts and sharing my story. You are a lot of fun on TikTok. I'll tell you that much. It's funny. When I first looked you up, there was this video and somebody was stitching it with you. I don't know if you've seen it. If you actually look up your name on TikTok, it's like one of the first videos that comes up and it's you in a bikini and you're talking about, I don't even know. And this woman stitches and I'm waiting because you know when a stitch happens, you're like oh, waiting yeah. for someone to like rip you to shreds. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh no, I'm in. There What's happening? Is. What's the drama? What's the tea? And this like older woman is like, if I could just choose one body to have for a day. If I could be one person for a day, this is who I want to be. And I was like, oh, this is so cute. Like it was, you're clearly adored on TikTok. It was really cool to see. What made you, or like what inspired you, especially like as an athlete and somebody who is like maybe seen in only one facet of your world? What really uh, drew you into a platform like TikTok to start creating and sharing there? Yeah, I think um, I think you actually touched on a really good point there is that as athletes, as Olympians, rugby players, we're, we are really put in a box and thought of in one way. So like we're thought of as just athletes. Uh, that's all we we live and breathe athletics. But like to me, I just feel like I'm so much more than that and, and I can do so much more. And so TikTok was an app that I didn't really do much during COVID is when it really got big. But I, I was just watching. I wasn't actually doing TikTok. I wish I'd done it sooner, but. I started doing it like before the Olympics in February uh, at a tournament. And I was like, okay, I kind of understand this app. Like this is actually kind of my humor and I feel like I get it. So 
uh, I kept doing it. I kept seeing the response to it. People loved it. And I think what's important is that as a female athlete, you know, you don't get, I don't get my, most of my money doesn't come from athletics, right? Like that's such a small portion of it. So as an athlete to continue to play the sport you love and to do your dream job, you, you really have need to have other sources of income to live comfortably. So that's what all of us want is sponsorships. Was like, how do we get that? And so TikTok has been a very powerful, cool tool to help me to, to rise up and be able to play the sport I love while also reaching out to, you know, brands and companies and then also getting other girls interested in the sport. So it just happened that I really kind of understood it and my humor fit with it. Yeah, I, I you're very natural at it. I wouldn't have known that you were even in the last couple of years a creator on it. It seems like you're somebody who just like obviously gets it's almost like a language. Like it's like it's yeah. a different realm. And then there's even realms within that. If you go to TikTok live, it's like you enter into another universe. It's oh, a absolutely. whole other place. But you have brought up like some really cool conversations on there too. I was watching one of your videos and you were talking about like how strength has to be associated with, with womanhood and with like femininity and stuff. What, how was like that journey for you been? Because it's wild for me, even knowing there's bias towards, especially like women athlete, but especially towards rugby players, there's sort of like this, they shed their femininity. And then I'm watching you also talk about like tampons and period care. And I'm like, this is, it's so good. It's so good. And it's so also smart and wise of you to start sort of dismantling those biases by also presenting your womanhood as also uh, a very strong and courageous woman. Is that like a, something that you've really had to unpack and explore as people sort of view muscular, what is the like builds or being an athlete, a rugby player as being a certain type of woman? Is that something that you've really had to work through as you've gone through your career? I mean, hundred percent. And it started though, as a young girl, mm. like, and that's, you know, again, why I'm using this platform as a young girl, I'd never wanted to lift because I was too afraid of getting too bulky and getting mm. called more manly. And I was always called manly because of my shoulders and whatnot. And like, even being a softball player, you were, you were called names. And so I think people and girls, especially, you know, stay away from things like lifting heavy weights, playing rugby because of they're afraid of the stereotypes that go along with it. And I mean, I, I got that as well. You know, you immediately play rugby and you're put in a box as being, Oh, well, a lesbian or anything, which is totally fine. But like, I'm not that, but I want to show that there, you can be many things. If you're a rugby player, yeah. rugby players can be gay. You can be whatever you want to. And so it's like, you're not just put in a box by playing a sport. Mm. Uh, for me, I like to show that you can be very feminine. My own femininity on the field is like, you know, lipstick. And I love to feel beautiful at times, even though I'm stiff arming some girl in the face. Like, I think there's so many facets there. And, and to me, it's like to sh kind of break that down for other young girls so that they feel like they can be feminine as well. And that they I think my thing is like defining your own femininity because yeah. femininity for a while, you know, is very slim, petite, fragile. Mm -hmm. And that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, that'll never be me. Right. So like being able to feel comfortable in that and hopefully getting other girls to feel comfortable in that way as well. And so that's kind of why I want to show on this app that you can actually what my hashtag is beast beauty brains, because I truly believe like you can be all those things. I can be a beast on the field, but that I can be a beauty when I want to. I'm also smart. So I just wish that like other young girls knew that they got to define how they want to be presented, who they want to be. 
Yeah. And it's, and it's also, I think important for especially young women to sort of grow up in an environment or at least be encouraged in their own to sort of tap into the parts of them that might be masculine, that might be like uber feminine or might be any of those things to be able to feel like you can find what that is. I find like our womanhood is so singularly defined as well. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people grow up and you're like, you know, womanhood looks like one path, one family structure, one type of thing. And we're slowly chipping away at that, but it really does take people like you that's willing to face it head on and really blow that open. But you also are very, very funny. What's like, has there been anything though on the app? Cause I've gotten this where you post something and you're like, don't think anything of it. And you walk away and you come back and either people are so angry or so delighted. Has that happened to you oh, many times? And what I have those mean, things been? For sure. Absolutely. I think you, thankfully I have, so I, I post something, I don't think anything of it. And then my sisters who are just great, they'll just, I'll get like a group FaceTime and I'm like, oh no. no. So I answer the FaceTime and they're like, hey girl, I feel like you should take that down. Oh no. You know, so they're very on it as well. Yeah. Um, I, th- there's just like some things where I've like learned my lesson from. And I think that is a problem with the app is that you can do something wrong and apologize, but yeah. it's like, you're not forgiven. So you've kind of met, so you have like one shot. So like, I've done some things where like, a woman made this like dish that was, it was like a sauteed salad or something like that. And I was like, okay, not for me. And so I, but I said in the caption, I don't think that, I don't know if this would be for me, but I'd want to try it. Yeah. But that blew up and like people didn't like that. And I was like, oh man, I I see where I did wrong there. And so I'm super, I apologize because I was like, oh, okay. I don't yuck somebody else's yum. That's totally not okay. So yeah. I totally like that one got me and like, I, I feel bad. Cause like my intention is not to hurt ever. Yeah. And when you f- realize that, Oh, you might've hurt somebody by it. It's like, Oh, okay. That really, that really sucked. And like, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that at all. I just, you try to be funny, but I look, sometimes it really does not land and you're yeah. like, okay, well, I, but my thing is like, I like to say I'm unapologetically myself, but I will apologize when I've done wrong. Oh, I love that. Because we kind of have to, like, if you're going to be genuine and authentic on any sort of app whatsoever, which is what everybody wants now, they want the people that they follow to be themselves and to be real about stuff. But that also means, like, witnessing people make mistakes. It means witnessing people say the wrong thing. I see it all the time. And the one thing, you, you nailed it. Like, it is being unapologetically yourself. But then, yeah, being ready to apologize or just, like, evolve or be open to conversation. Yes. Like, thank goodness. It's like over just a salad. A lot of people get a lot worse ones, but I mean, I'm somebody who I, I had some really awful posts that I put up before more just like self-deprecating stuff. Mm. And it really was when I look back on it, I'm like, that's incredibly fat phobic. Like it was so horrible what I put up there. It's super disordered, but I've left them up there for the purpose of showing people in real time that like we can make mistakes online and still evolve forward. Those things hurt me. And I also want people to like reflect on the fact that like it was also harmful to other people. And you're somebody who has, you know, openly discussed things like body image and, you know, we touched on it a little bit, but how has your journey been? I know I'm sure you follow Victoria Garrick as well. Somebody who is mm-hmm. very into, you know, was a volleyball player. I don't know what they call them in the States when they're pro in university, but she was a big volleyball player and talks a lot coming away from being an athlete where you're, or sort of being celebrated for being an athlete and what your body can do into sort of mm-hmm. 
also having to create a duality of relationship with yourself where it's not about just the performance side of your body. As somebody who's an athlete, where has that journey been for you when it comes to the way that you see yourself, value yourself, and, you know, at times like you maybe have been sick or injured and sort of like that threat of something that has been so personal and so huge for you in your career has also been met with maybe some some struggle. Yeah, uh, it's definitely an interesting uh, life because my body, I think instead of focusing on form of my body, like how it looks, I focus a lot more on function Mm. of the body, which I think can be is great because like I feel my body so that I can be the best on the field and I'm the best on the field when I'm, you know, 197 pounds. I got a lot of muscle on me. I'm pretty, pretty thick. So that's what like, that's nice to feel myself, but it gets in this weird thing where you like, you just are so conscious about what you eat because it's your job, you know, yeah. and, and how your body performs is your job. So that's something that's always on my, like right now I have like a two and a half week break and it's it, this weird thing of like where I'm not doing a lot because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of like being a normal person. You know, I'm not really working out. I'm working out like two, three times a week, just like a normal person. But like to me as an athlete, I'm like, I'm losing it. I'm losing my strength. Oh. I'm losing everything. I'm losing my fitness. So that's what goes on in my mind. I'm like, oh, I'm gaining so much weight. I'm doing all this. So it's kind of like, I've gotten much better at it, kind of being more forgiving to my body. Cause like, I know that once I get back into training in two weeks, I'll be like, okay, I feel good again. Yeah. Like, yeah. So knowing that and like appreciating it, appreciating that my body can make those bounce backs, at least, you know, now, but it's a, it's a weird thing to have your body be your job because, you know, even if you're, I guess not, I don't know, keep calling them normal people, normal people, you think about your body all the time and like having mm. that be your job and wanting to perform so that you can keep your job is like a different element. Do you ever think about the future, like an inevitability reality of anybody who's an athlete is like eventually having to retire from that sport? Do you think about how you will help yourself in that transition where your body is no longer this performance tool or potentially your job? And, and I, and I think you have so many other amazing ways that this your career as an athlete is going to lend itself into whatever you do next. And not to say that you won't still train or be a part of sports, but I mean, we see it all the time. Anybody, even with the longest careers, unless they're like a golfer, which they go into like their nineties, I swear to goodness. But Mm -hmm. it's the, there's this part where you have to transition your body out. Do you, is that something that worries you or is it something that you're just like, no, that's just an inevitability and I'm, I'm ready for it when it comes. It definitely worries me just because I've I've played sports literally my whole life. I've never, I've never, never been played like, sports. So that's that's see? I'm terrified of them. When you say rugby, <laughs> I'm like, can you just explain to me how you put yourself in harm's way? I, I'm so yeah, self-protective yeah. that I <laughs> got hit with a ball once in the eighth grade and I dodgeball. Dodgeball no. ruined me for sports. Yeah. So it's it, it, yeah, it's it's like for me, that's just it's part of my life. It's been yeah. forever. And so like when I end, I I don't really know what it's gonna be like because I like look over what my friends eat who don't play like, you know, don't train three times a day, and I'm like, oh, yeah you only eat one egg, you know, like some, <laughs> something like that, because yeah. I, I am blessed in that I working out so often that I can eat a lot. Yeah. So like, it's going to be a whole different mindset. I'm going to have to change up to where it's like, okay, you actually, you really don't have to eat that much protein at that meal. Mm. You don't have to have that many carbs. So I am interested to see, I'm going to drag this rugby out as long as I can, but I'm interested to see what it's like. Cause I think it could be a very, 
like steep learning curve mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. uh, to go from. I could maybe take, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I think I'm going to have to work with a, a dietitian who I, we have a great dietitian on staff. I met with her and some others because I've never had to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I I know I follow quite a few people online and, and they struggle with that. Like, but I think that it's good that we now have openly these conversations so the people are feeling a little bit more supported or at least can advocate for themselves in the sense of, I don't know how to eat um, for my body when it's not in a trading season, or I don't know how to adjust to a changing body out of one season and into another. I think that that's just a really powerful part of social media and the fact that we get to have these conversations a lot more openly, you know? Self-care is so complex, isn't it? And and often whenever we talk about self-care, it immediately goes to, oh, meditation or yoga or the nail salon. All of these things are important and equally amazing and can work for different people in different ways. But how often are you taking care of all your needs? What if you could transport your mind to a world where you can relax and treat yourself to your deepest desires with Dipsy? That kind of self-care has never sounded better. And research shows that sex is just as mental as it is physical. So you need more than just an amazing vibrator. And if you're the kind of person like me who dog ears that one sexy chapter in a romance novel, or you have that particular scene in a movie that you always fantasize about, Dipsy can help you get there in a new way. With Dipsy, you're just skipping straight to the good parts. But what is Dipsy? Well, Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. It's also racially inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners as well. There's new content released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can also find something new to explore. Beyond that, they also have different forms of self-care like sleep stories and wellness session and sexy stories you can read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsestories.com slash papaya, dipsystories.com slash papaya. Go take care of yourself, relax, unwind, enjoy. Let's get back to the show. Today's episode of the Papaya Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. The Papaya Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. All right, let's talk about therapy because therapy for me, even when we talk about it, I'm like, yes, therapy is amazing. Therapy is so great. It oftentimes feels like just another thing I have to add on my list. If I'm completely honest, it feels overwhelming. It feels like, how am I going to fit that in with everything else that's going on in my life? So this is why I like BetterHelp because in the past, I have typically used therapy sort of as an umbrella method. When it rains, I go. And when I'm okay, I kind of act like everything's okay. I'm not proactively using therapy like I should be. And you know what? Therapy is a lot of things for so many different people. It doesn't have to be just using it for an umbrella situation. It can be learning coping skills before a RAIN situation. It can be self-empowerment, maybe dealing with trauma. 
and I've benefited from so much therapy over the years. There are so many parts of my life now that wouldn't be what they are today, and I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for therapy. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. And there's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash papaya. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash papaya. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. We don't have to wait for it to be raining before we get help. And without the waiting rooms and the traffic and the endless searching for finding one, I think this is the greatest way that we can start taking care of ourselves. And I'm going to be taking that step and I hope you do too. Let's get back to the show. How was the Olympics though? Like talk to me through, first of all, I'm Canadian, so I can't say I rooted for you. I also don't know how okay. we did it all in rugby. So I the can't tell you. The women did not do too well at all. No. But that's okay. They were going through some like changes and whatnot in their team. So I think they were instead of more focused on the rugby and maybe of making their team better in the culture end. So yeah. they didn't do too well, but they're, you know, coming back at it. Uh, the Olympics is a weird time. Is it because weird? Because you well, you spend all your life, right? Training yeah. for this moment. Yeah. And then it's three days and then it's like, see ya, you you know, and like in your quarterfinal game is the game that we lost in. And we play a weird sport where it's just 14 minute games. So you're like this, you, everything you've ever done prepared for in your life for three years, I was training, you know, full time for this pretty much moment in the quarterfinals. And then 14 minutes happens. The ball doesn't bounce your way. You miss a tackle and you lose. And you're just like, okay, that was it. That was that was my Olympics. Yeah. And you still compete, but it's like when you're not competing for a medal, it's a total mind like messed up, but it was cool. I mean, it it definitely, there's something called like the post-Olympic blues, which I think a lot of people go through. And I try to talk openly about because here it is, you've trained for the biggest moment of your life. And then all of a sudden you're done, you head back and you're a normal person again. And you're like, okay. So, and you didn't, you know, you train for the medal, you don't get the medal. So it's like, do I spend another four years training for a medal I might not get? It can be very taxing because, you know, you spend this is you give your all to it. And I think I wasn't in a, a good place after the Olympics as well. Very depressed in a way, but I had my family to fall back on. And so my mom talk, keeps joking about having to go to Paris 2024 and how already being stressed about it because she'll have to deal with me afterwards. But the, other than that, the Olympics is so cool in that you meet athletes from all over the world and you are treated like these, just the coolest people on earth for that, yeah. for those two weeks because you're yeah. an Olympian. Um, and then I just knew that there I could show myself even more. I knew the Olympics was going to be a key time to show who I was to the world. And so through TikTok, I just felt like I could really put myself out there and people really responded to it. I mean, you make a good point though. Like I can't imagine what it's like to have everything build to one singular moment. And like, even if it had gone perfectly well, let's say you get the gold medal. I still think there would have been a part that has this letdown afterwards. Like it's all over. It's done now. I'm, 
I literally can't relate to this, but I spent two and a half years planning one Disney trip and I still am sad about it being done. (laughs) And that was like two and a half years because like we have these, we have these moments in life and we're so well-equipped and well-encouraged to do the climb. And there's not a, like, there is a natural part of life to have to come down from those moments, but not a lot of emotional tools to sort of pull from to know how to deal with downtimes. And I, and I remember I went through it a lot when I was like a, I used to be a weight loss page. So I got so validated all the time on like Mm. how good I was, how well I was doing and having to, what I call get loud with myself when the world got quiet was not something that I'd ever known to do. We kind of do our whole lives, like seeking external validation in some regard, the Olympics, that's like through the biggest megaphone possible. You're Mm -hmm. so, so validated. And like you said, coming back down to a normal lifestyle, I can't imagine even with like everything going perfectly well, that that wouldn't still be some sort of a difficult transition, especially not knowing where you're going next. I still think about Sean White. I still think about Sean White at least once a week. And the fact (laughs) that like, well, this is, this was his last Olympics that we saw. And like, he didn't get, he didn't get the gold and it was like so amazing. But I was like weeping. First of all, not even my country to weep for. Don't know the guy, but I yeah, was just, yeah, you're yeah. so, in, cause you, all you see is that somebody's whole life has been built up and he's had such an amazing career. Look at even Serena Williams, like just amazing, amazing careers, but like the ending moments and just like even any semblance of disappointment or like what's next I mean, we watched Tom Brady unretire himself. Brett Favre did it a bunch of times too. You see people really kind of go through that. I don't know how to come down from that high because we are so taught to chase. There's like a whole saying uh, uh, after um, like destination addiction, like really chasing that next high, really chasing that next thing. And I think what's really cool about you is like you've continued to show up for yourself, for your audience, past that high, which is a really cool thing, I think, for a lot of people to witness and maybe be a part of. Talk to me about how it's been sort of going into not just being an athlete, but also being an influencer. Like you said, it's been awesome to sort of get that support. How has that world sort of been for you as you navigate also still being a full-time athlete? Yeah, it's been interesting. I, I don't really like when people call me first a content creator and influencer because to me, I'm a rugby player. Like yeah. that's my first and foremost. Yeah. I'm, I'm a rugby player. I'm an Olympian. You call me that, but like, oh, you know, those are influencer. And I'm like, I'm not I, I do influence. <laughs> I, yes, but I'm a rugby player. <laughs> but I am so thankful for what uh, TikTok's done for me. Yeah, and like what, and not even just for me, for like my team and for other girls around there. But it's been cool to slip into those shoes and like it's definitely like another full time job. Mm. And, you know, I train five days a week and then I still am trying to produce as much content as I can and have brand deals and do whatever I can. So it's it's a lot of work, but it's really fulfilling work in a way because it allows me to continue to play the sport I love. It's given me opportunities for like uh, going to, you know, I went to Milan, I went to Italy with a, a rugby thing and I'm going to go to Auckland, New Zealand for another rugby thing because of my TikTok and because of who I've become. So for me, it's just like, I like TikToking, but I like what it, op- the doors it opens up more yes. for me. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. The microphone it's sort of given you and the opportunities yeah. that it's sort of lended you.
Okay, so this is for my American listeners because you need to know about Claire. Claire is an innovative new e-commerce paint startup. Yeah, that's right, paint startup. That takes the hassle out of paint shopping with a streamlined selection of designer curated colors, peel and stick paint swatches, and premium paint and supplies delivered straight to your door. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and the menu was like 16 pages long and you're immediately overwhelmed? But then you go to another type of restaurant and there's 10 things on the menu and it makes it so much easier to realize what you want, what you need, and it often is more satisfying. This is what I love about Claire because they're not about the overwhelming experience of going into a store where there are thousands of color options and trying to figure out what it is that you need. Claire was founded by an interior designer named Nicole Gibbons. Nicole saw that traditional paint shopping experience was outdated and full of hassle. So she decided to create a better brand and a whole new experience that's easier, faster, more convenient, and more inspiring. Claire also offers ultra premium paint that's healthier for your home and the environment. And with interior design at the helm, Claire brings an expert point of view on color and design, which sets the brand apart from other paint companies. Unlike traditional paint brands, which overwhelm you with those thousands of colors, Claire focuses on fewer, better colors expertly curated through interior designers' lens. Basically, it's a really short menu designed exactly for what you need. But if you need a little help choosing your paint color, you can try Claire Color Genius, a fun two-minute quiz that's like having an interior designer help you choose a paint color. You can answer a few easy questions about your space and style, and Claire delivers a personalized paint color recommendation for you. I've worked with interior designers before. That's exactly what they do. They came to my house, was my friend Rachel, and she came to my house with like this uh, book of paint colors, but she just went to like two little things and said, which one of these do you like? It. She understood my vision. I didn't need a thousand options. I needed to look at like four. And that was so helpful. But with Claire, another tool that helps making choosing that color easy is their peel and stick paint swatches. They're an exact match to the paint color and finish, and you can instantly see what colors work best in your space. Just peel and stick and you can move them around the room. They're non-damaging to your walls. But let's talk about those paint formulations because they are zero VOC, Green Guard Gold certified for better indoor air quality that meets the most stringent chemical emission standards. Clear is also formulated without any toxic air contaminants known as TACs, hazardous air pollutants known as HAPs, and EPA chemicals of concern. Basically, it's paint you can feel good about using in your home. So with all of that said, with the guidance, with the expertly curated paint selections, with that easy to your door selection, visit Claire at Claire.com slash papaya to get started. That's www.clare.com slash papaya to get started and receive 10% off your order. That's www.clare.com slash papaya for 10% off. Let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone. It's Kelsey Kreppel, full-time YouTuber, part-time preschool teacher, and now the host of the podcast Circle Time. Join me every week as me and my guests mix the childlike wonder and conversational openness and acceptance of preschool that we're all nostalgic for with the realism, honesty, and wisdom baked into adulthood. With classroom-structured roots, we'll rehash standout moments of day-to-day life, dive into buzzy pop culture moments, and really just get to know each other on a deeper level. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Kreppel and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 
I know you and I both work with Nyx. How has yeah. it been? Like what, how did you get introduced to Nyx? Like what was your first experience? They were my I mean, first brand I ever worked with. So, I mean, they're pretty much, I think one of my first ones where like I did, uh, I don't, I don't remember what I might've even done like a, another period thing and they reached yeah. out, but they were the first ones to kind of reach out to me. And I thought I was, you know, big, you're like, Oh, yeah. you made it. When yeah. you have something like that, reach out. And uh, I'd never tried period panties before, but I like now I'm a, fr- I'm actually literally wearing the Knicks athletic set right now. Cause I'm about to go on a oh run. My gosh. Yes. Um, but they were the first to reach out to me. And like, you, you know, you start small with a D with the brand. I'm like, Oh, I, I only want this for this much. And so it's like so much work. And then you're like, okay, wait, yeah. Wait. You start <laughs> to see your value. And like, I think it's been nice to work with Nick's because we work together a lot now. And I think we're both kind of starting to realize each other's value and how we yeah. can work together. Because when you're first new, I feel like I was just like accepting any offer. And I was like, yes, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll pay. You can pay me $300 to promote your song. <laughs> and I was like spending eight hours creating a video. Like, okay, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's been really cool to grow with them and to become an uh, ambassador for them. I heard you did like a, a bikini. Did you go on like a bikini thing? You went yeah, out. And we I went on a, that, but I was busy. I know. Uh, we went um, to Barbados. So basically they did a live swim shoot. So uh, to sort of create honesty and transparency and excitement towards the launch, instead of having it be all pre-shot and then launch later, we shot it in real time. And then they went up on the website in real time so that people were shopping the experience as it was happening. It was the most unreal thing. We shot 11,000 and photos in a span of two and a half days. And it just felt like we were having the most fun ever. But like, that's what it is with Nick's. And like, I, this is going to become a mini ad for them. I don't even care. I <laughs> They are so great at growing with people. Like I started, my first ever photo shoot was with them. My first ever viral photo was with them. They, I was, uh, I was in, not an intern. I was like a temp there for a little while. So I've actually worked in their office as well and seen mm. how they do their processes. But they also are just, you know, there's this whole conversation now about how women aren't allowed to like age in media. And like two years ago, they did an entire campaign around that. Like they did an entire thing about women over 50 being represented in the media again and in advertising. They just seem to be so ahead of the curve and they're they're doing they're going there before everybody else goes there. And I think that's what I really love. And I love that when I see who they partner with, it is never all the same kind of person. Like it's all over the place from athletes to like, I mean, I, I'm mostly known for like being open about like postpartum or like eating disorder recovery. And they have partnered with me throughout like every facet of life. And I see them partner with someone like you that would bring an entirely different angle. I don't know what it's like to have to have your period and play a rugby game, but that's cool that Mm -hmm. they have somebody who can bring that part of the conversation. And so that's really cool. I love that. I love that you work with them and I love your, your content with them. Is there any other brands that have been uh, really fun for you to work with as you've kind of jumped into the whole world of creating? Well, you know, what has been fun is I love lipstick and I'm a big, I, I just I love that. I love it. I, I was just telling my uh, aunt when I was, I was in the younger was in the hospital for a little bit and I don't remember anything about it. My mom can tell you all about the experience. She was so stressed. But what I remember is my aunt brought me this massive bag of lipstick. And like, oh that's God. what I remember f- from that whole experience. So I just love, love lipstick. I, Cause I think it makes me feel feminine. Mm-hmm. So I wear it all the time. And so I did like one video sh- telling people what lipstick I wore just TikTok. And then I get a call from Maybelline, like, hey. And so, like, that's been really cool to work with, like, a brand like Maybelline that I literally wear their Superstay lipstick 
yeah whenever I'm on the field and but I'm not a makeup artist so like I try to do what the makeup influencers do and I'm like this is not I can't no. it's just it's so whenever I watch the videos of people like telling a story while they're doing makeup or, yeah. you know, Bailey Surian is Surian. I don't know how to say her last name. The murders and makeup girl where she talks about an entire oh, yeah, murder yeah, while yeah, doing yeah. her makeup. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, I, every time people are like, are you going to post your makeup routine? Every time I try and do this, I'm like, uh, this is hard work. What they do hard. is another level. But yeah. I also, the everyday consumer or people, I think there's three things in this life actually four things that women will buy on repeat denim jeans or like jeans, denim leggings, lipstick, and foundation. We will never be happy with those four items. And we will have, I have at any given time, at least 40 lipsticks. Like I love lipsticks and I'm, but I'm also never satisfied. I will find the one of my dreams and I'll still be like, but there might be more. There's that Lady Gaga one out right now that like is supposed to not transfer. Cannot get my hands on it. It's all I think about. Like I just love it. My dad and I were just talking because like every famous person comes out with a lips with like a brand, a makeup brand. And I'm like, how are they making money? (laughs) How does this work? Everybody is. So I'm like, I mean, we're all buying it, I guess. But it's like, dang, if you're if you reach a level, it's like, okay, you got to come out with a makeup brand. So maybe it's that's up for you, buddy. (laughs) I know everyone has, I know, skincare or makeup. I think what's happening now is there's a shift in the world where people love having a face of a brand. We just love being a part of something. Like I could never tell you, I don't know who Estee Lauder is. I just know her name, but I don't have no idea who Estee Lauder is. Maybelline, no clue who's the face of that. Like it could be a dude, right? So there's, I think now we've come into this new world where we really love seeing people be a part of something. We love brand collabs. Like we love when a, when a creator we follow collabs with somebody like one of my favorite makeup artists on TikTok just did a collab with a makeup brand and they came up with her own like little palette. And I was like, this is so cool. Like I want to buy it just because I love this person on TikTok and I love that their name is on it. I mean, it's just, it's a whole new world and we're seeing it really, really explode into like entirely new ways. I feel like you're going to have a lipstick at some point. You're going to have your own (laughs) lipstick. It's going to be a Let's thing. Let's put it out now. Let's, Let's put, put it out, out now. Paris 2024. <laughs> New lipstick. <laughs> and your lipstick. What do you have oh. coming up that you want to share? And where can everyone find you or be a part of the whole world of being an athlete and being a human and being a woman and redefining what all of that means very openly and out loud? Yeah. So uh, you can all follow me on for sure. TikTok. I do a little on there. Uh and then Instagram as well. I'm starting to get a little bit more there. But I think I would love if more people could be exposed to me playing. But I play like wet random times. But there is a Rugby World Cup coming up for women's 15s. Oh, cool. So I won't be playing in it. But it'll be a great time to expose, I think, the world to rugby a little bit more. So even if I'm not playing, like for people to tune into that, it'll be in New Zealand. So I'll be in Auckland for like two and a half weeks uh, doing content for it and trying to promote it as best I can. Because... Uh, I don't care what form it comes in. If it's women's rugby, I'm promoting it. And so, and then I'll be playing. I mean, for me, just like, I love when people continue to watch, continue to support because it helps me continue to play the sport that I love yeah. as a child. Oh, thank you so much. I think that's so cool. And keep doing what you're doing because clearly it's working. People are loving it. I love it. It's just honestly awesome what you're doing. So thank you so much. And for everyone listening, we're going to have everything in the show notes for you as well. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. 
Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.